Welcome to Real Talk NFT. I'm your host, Brian. You know my amazing co-host, Joe. And we have a really special guest here for you today. His name is Dollar. He is the founder and the visionary of the Crypto Undeads project. You may be familiar. It was absolutely a hyped project and hype mint for weeks and weeks. And we're super excited to have Dollar on to talk all things about Crypto Undeads. We want to know about the past, the present, and the future. Dollar, thanks for joining us, my man. Really happy to have you on. It's a pleasure. Super happy to be here with you and, uh, and and dive into it. Awesome, man. Well, I uh, well, full disclosure. Before we get like really into the meat of everything, Joe and I are both holders of the Crypto Undeads project. Uh, we've been following it since before Mint. We are day one minters. Absolutely love the art. Love kind of uh, the vibe you put around the entire project. But before we get into the meat of the uh, project and talking all about the undeads, can you give us a little bit about your background in the Web3 and NFTs? And you know what? I've actually seen you lurking and I know you're a punks holder. So I've seen you in that punks discord quite a bit. So I know you've been in NFTs for quite some time. Yeah, you know what? My exposure to NFTs in the very beginning was, um, well, I'll tell you the first thing that came up on my radar significantly was actually Alex Becker. Um, well, before I was involved in NFTs, Alex and I were friends on Facebook, just because we both have a similar marketing background. We ran in a couple of similar circles. And uh, he had posted that he bought a hoodie CryptoPunk for like 12,000 US dollars, right? And I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I remember commenting saying this is the, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I, I don't know what you're doing. You've lost your mind. You know what I mean? And, and I just disregarded it. And it was actually from that tweet, which I'm guessing probably would have been around 2020, uh, that it just NFT started coming up again and again. And with intelligent people, mind you, like it's, it's like people who I respected were saying, hey, like I'm in this space. I'm diving in. This is what I'm excited about. So at a point I was like, okay, I got to... I got to find out what's going on here. Like, what do I, what am I not understanding? So that led me to kind of become a little bit of a, a, a you know, I would say a little bit of a DJ in terms of just minting anything and everything I could uh, just to start to learn about the space, understand what people are looking for, what they're excited about. Um, did that for a while. And then eventually started, started actually, you know, uh, with my web two agency, actually working on a few projects in sort of advisory capacities, just to also get an understanding of the business behind the scenes. So, um, you know, it, it started as kind of being a bit of a degen, then working on a bit of the business side, and then ultimately became kind of a collector, right? I started to really enjoy it. I, I found them, you know, um, connected with some great artists some great people. And then I started to, to, to buy up things I really like. So I kind of gone through the full cycle, you know, from degen to the business side and, and then a collector myself. Were, uh, were NFTs your first experience or did you dive into crypto uh, earlier in those early days of uh, when it was the real Wild West? Yeah, you know what? I I was in crypto prior to NFTs, but it really wasn't a significant uh, portion of my net worth or, or like time that I was putting into it. When I came into NFTs, that's when it got pretty serious because as you remember, like that original bull run was kind of absolute madness as well, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, and, and, uh, I, I got like really heavily involved. Like I had an account at Mount Gox and, you know, I've been through the ringer with some of these, uh, different platforms. I was like pretty early in Bitcoin. I don't really know the year, but it was just never anything significant. So, um, yeah, I've been around, but, but NFTs really like notched it up, uh, significantly. Same here. Same here. I remember buying $20,000 NFTs that my wife was straight going to divorce me. <laughs> not knowing what was happening and 
you know, full circle now, you're launching a, an interesting project, very interesting project, one of the most hyped in 2024, although it's only been two months. And just curious because, you know, PFPs have kind of took a hit for the last two years. A lot of utility types of NFTs are kind of taken front and center, Web3 gaming and whatnot. What, what was the inspiration? I was on your town hall. You talked about, you know, you want to bring back some of the original crypto punks benefits and utility from the community. You talked about hosting events. But, you know, what gave you the courage to kind of like launch a PFP project when it's not all the hype right now? You're, you're very right about that. I, look, I'll tell you two things. Um, number one is when I, when I sort of had the idea for this project, Solana, you know, and, and, and minting it on Solana, Solana was in a pretty bad place. Uh, it was 20 bucks. Right. Nobody was talking about it. Nobody yeah. really was that excited about Solana. I don't think anybody was really building on Solana just because the attention wasn't there. And so I, I knew that Solana would come back. I'm, I'm still somebody who's big on ETH and Bitcoin, but I knew Solana had a place. And so I thought, look, let me spend some time building up something that I think will bring the energy back to Sol. And then, you know, speaking in terms of, you know, having the courage to do a PFP collection, look, it, it may be arrogance of me uh, to, to think that I kind of have an idea, but, you know, because I've minted so many projects, because I've held so many different PFPs across uh, Solana and ETH, like I, I've, I've developed, I guess, a bit of a thesis in terms of what has a chance, right? Like at the end of the day, everything is unpredictable, but what do I think like has a legitimate chance? And, you know, it's really uh, born out of the CryptoPunks uh, philosophy, which is like collecting for the sake of collecting a really great membership, uh, an aspirational NFT. Uh, but then there are, you know, the elements around that, that that help dictate success, like even the style of art, like pixel art is generally quite timeless. Uh, the simpler the pixel art, generally speaking, the more timeless it is again, like, uh, you know, so even with the art, you know, we spent, we probably designed five collections before we landed on this one. Uh, you know, and, and the same is true for the internal roadmap. It's like, I'm, I'm taking everything I've seen and observed and learned and, and try to create a structure and a plan that to me has the best chance of survival. And at the, at the time I started building it, like I said, nobody else seemed to be working on something like that. Yeah, when you, when this project was first caught my radar, you know, we had no idea what the art was going to be like, you know, you had, it was very, um, I don't want to say like calculated hype, but there's just a lot of like OG vibes around it. And I remember talking about it to people in my discord that kind of a private alpha discord I'm in and we all were speculating. Everyone had an idea of possibly who could be behind it, who might be behind it. But we all landed on the same uh, thesis of like, this is somebody that's been in the crypto world. They definitely can walk the walk, talk the talk. So love to see what you've done with the project and personally i love the art um big fan of uh, uh crypto punks i think we all are and uh definitely pixel art overall it just gives like that old school vibe and feel to it yeah actually one thing i love about your project and i'm going a little off off the radar here but is the is the consistent like blue background and I just think that just always sticks out to me on Twitter. I know there's like always possibilities of like dynamic um, backgrounds and changing, but that's something that always sticks out to me with the project. Was that by plan? Is that something that's going to stay? Just kind of curious your thought process behind that. You know, it's a good question. So uh, when we were doing the brand exploration, I was always, you, you, I mentioned punks a lot. Like I'm a big punk fan and, uh, you know, I wanted to almost like, have a little bit of a tribute to punks within our brand and that was why we sort of landed on such a similar punk blue 
Um, I don't, I'm not trying to be punks. I'm not trying to replace punks. I mean, that punks are punks, right? I am a punk and whatever. But I, I really think that they've nailed something that, that no other project has yet been able to do. And so I, I went, you know, a very similar blue uh, to, you know, for that reason. And, you know, we did and, and we do have an internal plan to make, you know, uh, some do some fun things with the background, I'll say. Uh, but, you know, when we rolled this out with the one background, the feedback is all like, yeah, this feels like a really cohesive, everybody kind of stands out with the same background. It shows raw from the one collection. So it, it's funny, like I almost have a little bit more hesitance playing with the backgrounds now that I've seen all the blue out there and everybody said the same thing. So we've got to think about it carefully. Um, the engineering is there to 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 explore and, and have fun with it. But I agree, like I think people really like the the cohesive, consistent background. I, I like the art for 100%. And personally, I um, I have a lot of friends who are collecting like mid-tier rares and they're having a lot of fun with it. And I know that there is a unreviewed legendary, is that correct? And I know you talked about it uh, possibly being in an auction house. And that's something I've always asked my so maxi friends. Uh, me and Brian are Ethereum heavy NFT collectors. And just because of 2024, I would say from December to now, something in you know, Solana just flipped a switch. And perfect timing for you guys. Congrats. You guys done over 200,000 in vo That's amazing. You know, congrats to you guys. And I always ask my soul friends, like, you know, how come there's not a, you know, a something featured on Sotheby's or, you know, Christie's. And, and it's good to hear, you know, someone that thought, I was like, I'm giving myself props, I guess. I'm like, oh, I, I, I thought <laughs> someone should do a Solana auction <laughs> because Bitcoin Ordinals just did one. Like, not too long ago with the mushroom, the Bitcoin mushroom, uh, Bitcoin shrooms. And I was surprised that that was like the first one. So I hope you guys are the first one if, if you know, hopefully I'm educated here and there hasn't been a big soul project in the auction house yet. Definitely not to my knowledge. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, potentially an art, like a one of one uh, piece of art. But even then, I'm not aware of any. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we've, we've the, the good news is that a lot of uh, my close friends and, and even myself, we have relationships with these big auction houses. And um, for me, I think a big part of the CryptoPunk success has been positioning themselves as an art project. I mean, it is a PFP, but it is also an art project. And they're, they're in the galleries and they're, they're doing the ex, you know, ex, um, exhibitions and all this type of thing. So we, we want to, and I've said this many times, like avoid falling into the hamster wheel of the utility project because I don't think there is a, there is a positive ending there. So I think if we can work with the auction house, let's say for this unrevealed legendary, uh, even, you know, make a, a feature in different galleries of, of contemporary digital art. I mean, if we can position ourselves in these types of places, it definitely elevates the brand status and, and reiterates that you should be collecting it for the sake of collecting and enjoying the PFP. And, you know, it, it's, it's a different uh, approach, um, especially than Solana is used to. But I think you're right. It would probably be the first. Can you break down some of the unique features that you're planning for the crypto undeads? I know I heard you uh, on a spaces maybe a week ago, you were talking about um, having your own, uh, you know, decentralized app and platform. And I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there was something along the lines of like day one staking. Can you give us like just some ideas of what you're planning in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we've spoken about building out this collected dApp and really what that is going to be is, it all hosted on CryptoUndeads.com and it's going to be a, a set of tools um, and, 
you know, facets that support the collection in various ways. So um, one of the ones I've mentioned, of course, is the uh, uh, staking element. Now staking is like really big on Solana. On Ethereum, it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's like here and there. <laughs> on Solana, every collection has staking. So um, in a sense, we're doing that because we're native and we want to be part of, we don't want to separate ourselves too much from the culture there. And we will tie staking to different forms of recognition. Now, the obvious one is like, you know, everybody sort of has badges to, to sort of recognize time held or whatever, whatever else. Uh, but we, we do plan on having um, other opportunities that are only accessible based on uh, a certain amount of time held or a certain number that are held. And that will all be recognized through, through the staking. So um, yeah, that'll eventually open up a bunch of different uh, opportunities, uh, both digital and physical uh, in time. Uh, so that's going to be an important piece for sure. And there's probably about, I'm going to say four or so other facets or main facets to the DAP that we'll roll out, you know, over the coming months. But I can tell you that the point is to build our own undeads ecosystem, meaning that somebody who maybe has never bought an NFT before could go to cryptoundeads.com, use a credit card and own a crypto undead and do all of the things that they would have to do to, you know, have the full experience and not need a third party. Um, because I think it's really important to have all of this in one place for the purposes of on, onboarding. I think it makes the business and the brand feel a little bit like resilient and independent, you know, of, of other variables. So um, it's all to support the collection and onboarding. Uh, but there's a few, you know, really fun things starting with the, with the staking. Absolutely. I, I agree with like a bespoke marketplace. I believe in royalties. I, you know, how's the project going to run and, and, and provide benefits for the community, if not so. And so I'm all for that. And can you speak on some of the thesis that you mentioned that stood out after you know your your many years of collecting many many NFTs? I, I know the DAP is one of them. Is there any anything else that you can talk about? I I do want to mention that I, I am excited about what you said in the town hall, which is bringing back you know like good in person events. That's what I love NFTs. It's the community meeting people in face. So I absolutely love that. Yeah, look, I think that there's a couple of things. Um... You know, one is just the, and I mentioned it just before, the, the utility hamster wheel, I think, is normally a death trap. Um, mm. Ultimately, I really believe in collecting out of, a, out of a love for collecting and buying objectively, you know, what it is you're buying on the day. Um, and I find that, like, when people put out big roadmaps, there's just, like, ridiculous expectations in terms of what each deliverable does for the floor price. I think it's insane, right. actually. Like a lot of people think that it's going to double the floor. It's going to bring in all these new people. And it rarely does that. And so people start appraising the project based on what they think is going to happen when the next deliverable arrives, you know, and, and this is what I think sort of becomes quite toxic for projects and they'll never meet expectations, essentially what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Mm. So um, by going sort of the no roadmap route, which is a big part of the thesis is to say, look, you might get something you might not. Um, mm -hmm. you, you, you're generally buying because you like the community, you like the art, um, and you have a high degree of confidence that if the team does something, it's going to be pretty good. And, and that is generally what I want people to believe is like, look, if they do something, it'll be premium, it'll be top tier. But at the moment, I just want to, I, I really love the PFP. I love this art, the community. Um, and you know, there'll be a few other opportunities, you know, um, from across the ecosystem, we try to bring to the table for, for undeads. Um, so, you know, that's the, that's the first, I mean, the other was the art. Um, in terms of like, I think that, you know, as I was saying, like simple pixel art is generally the most timeless. You've got to find, um, a style though, that while simple is still unique. 
I think it's actually really challenging to have a distinctly unique, uh, you know, low pixel rate PFP nowadays. Like everybody says, well, that looks like that. That looks like that. So you have to be unique and distinctly unique. So, um, you know, it's, it's things like this around the thesis of like, look, not having a roadmap, it's it's really nailing the PFP ability. It's, it's, it's making sure that the IP is distinct and unique. It's making sure that you spend a lot of time curating the community and sort of in a way, teaching them how to think, especially on Solana, because they're not used to this form of collecting in many ways. And so we, I've got to come up on stage or I've got to put out a tweet to, to try to help them understand like what we're trying to do. And people are really resonating with it as time goes on. You, you know, one thing I think you've hit um, out of the park here is that going into the Crypto Undead's Discord is probably one of the best discords I've been in in a really long time. And that was one thing that whenever I was gotten initially in NFTs really early on, it, there was just like a different vibe within the punks discord. And then when some of these major projects came in, like, you know, you were meeting all the same people and there was just like this uh, nostalgic OG vibe to it. Now going into the undeads discord, I, I get the exact same feeling there. And I'd love to know kind of your thought process of how you brought all those people together and one thing that I loved about the project is that you gave, um, obviously, punk holders got an opportunity to mint a few undeads and then other collaborations across the uh, Ethereum ecosystem. And you brought tons of major collectors and collections over, well, I should say collectors, over into Solana for the first time. What was your thought process there and um, what's your thought of the community overall? Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that where we're at for the most part in terms of community is really good, both on Twitter and in the Discord. And, and that's so important, right? Like the community is ultimately the vessel that pushes the project forward. It doesn't matter what I do if nobody's there to, um, you know, indulge in it and, and, and keep the community side going, which is so important. So um, yeah, look, I'm very, very happy with it. I think that we've already started curating a bunch of people who kind of vibe with my goal and vision here. Like there's a, there's a, there's especially a core group within that group that are like advocates for the idea of like, okay, we need this on Solana. So, you know, there's a lot of positivity there around that. And it's, it's creating a really great culture and group. I mean, in terms of bridging collectors over, yeah, we, we did a lot of Ethereum uh, collaborations. Um, <clears throat> the idea is that like Solana is, on everybody's radar like you can't really ignore it even if you're an eth maxi like solana is still on the radar and there's a lot that happens on solana even if it's not nft related if it's DeFi or whatever you yeah. can't really ignore it right like um and so with that in mind i was like look let me open the doors here and say come and join us with a collection that's not just about solana you know i could have called it soul undeads which is the general naming convention on solana you know what i mean it's just soul something uh, but I made it crypto on Des to say like this is not about Solana exclusively. It's open doors happening on Solana, and um, you know that's really the rationality there is to like uh, bring a whole diverse set of people in to just vibe with the art and the community. But some in many in many cases it was the first Solana NFT for these people, which was which was awesome to hear. Yeah, for many collectors over in the Ethereum world, for sure, hundred uh, percent. Like a one that's like a a staple that they're not going to look to flip immediately. I would say that's definitely true. A lot of my soul friends who's been trading soul NFTs typically get in and out within a day, right? That's kind of how the vibe is in, in Solana. And you talked about speaking or changing that community mindset a little bit, educating them on how, you know, different projects should be. Uh, that's something probably new. Um, and 
Yeah, I, I'm super excited on what's to come. I, I'm not sure if you mentioned this already, but is there an inkling of when that first event might be, or is there an event that's going to come up soon? Yeah, so you know what? In terms of deliverables, um, this month we've definitely got some things coming up. February um, and uh, in April we will be we will have a physical presence in terms of an actual event uh, somewhere in the world. It hasn't yet been announced, um, but we are uh, we're working on that. You know, it's fair to say we'll be at the most important events in some capacity. And, and like I mentioned to you, you know, we are avoiding sort of just throwing these big sort of yep. pointless parties. I mean, I know some people enjoy them, but for me, I don't feel like you're, there's very little value extracted from those parties. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of many. Um, and I think that part of this project is great networking and a strong membership. And what that would mean is that you would go and have a, a, a an opportunity where you can actually talk to people, meet with people, uh, and hopefully leave with something, you know, beneficial, whether it's a, just a good conversation, a new friend, a, you know, a business partner. I'm not sure what that leads to, but I want to nurture those types of events where it's a little bit cozier, kind of an intimate, um, you know, opportunity to sit down, have a drink and chat. Um, and so that's that's the approach we're definitely taking with all of our, our events that are, are coming up. Touching back on the partnerships and collaborations, I know you did a ton of them before the Mint, and I think I heard you on a, a Spaces right after the Mint, and you said that you're going to continue to with those partnerships and collaborations, and that was something I love to hear as a holder in, in some form or fashion, because a lot of the time you, you hear about a lot of those collaborations and partnerships with other communities pre-Mint, you know, the project mints out and then they kind of, you know, go and do their own thing. Is that still uh, kind of your plan overall is to, you know, group and have collaborations with other NFT communities? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's actually a really big focus is to put together some like good, meaningful partnerships with other projects, not just on Solana, also on Ethereum. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I'll tell you something candidly. Uh, uh, we had a conversation with every founder pre-mint. I mean, I mean, literally every founder we had a chance to speak to and all of them were super receptive because they wanted to bring their holders in and give them the opportunity to mint. Now, post-mint, it's a little bit more competitive. I, I find that founders are a little bit more protective of you know, market share and that type of thing. So there's definitely a smaller pool to work with. But what I'll tell you is it's generally the biggest projects on both the Solana and Ethereum that are most receptive to post-mint collaborations because I feel like they are comfortable in where they're at with their market share and their position, they don't, they're not feeling threatened, you know, to do these types of things. But it is interesting in my experience meeting with founders, um, you know, they, they're, they're quite hesitant to partner with another group or anything because they feel it may, I don't know, deduct from their holder base. So um, that's a little bit of insight, but you know, most of the big projects and we have some quite significant projects to be honest on Ethereum and Solana that we're talking with and planning different things. And, you know, in some cases it would be a digital experience uh, in others, it may be like a very simple creative collaboration. In others, it may be a physical, uh, you know, event type collaboration. So uh, it's all in the works. Unfortunately, these things do move pretty slowly, but um, you know, it's certainly a, a priority and something we want to we want to nail. Yeah, that's I like your deliberate approach there versus you know what's happening now, where everyone's just packing in the newest protocol, like the that that's come out. You know, staking being one of oh, not staking, I'm sorry, tokens dropping being one of them. And uh, whatever else may be like ERC four zero four, that's on the Ethereum world, and, which makes me excited because you know you don't know what's coming, right? <laughs> and uh, it just makes you want to stay on on top of the the project that much more. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, one other question I had because I was going through some of the other 
uh, NFTs I have and just, you know, we're always following the news and hype closely and inscriptions was such a big talk there for a while when we're talking like Bitcoin ordinals and, you know, inscriptions on Solana. Was that ever a consideration to put these on chain? Very much so. Yeah, I, I, I tell you that uh, I don't awesome. know, uh, you know, I don't know the timeline of when this podcast goes out, but I can tell you that it's it's uh, it's definitely on our desk um, at this point in time. You know, inscriptions and sort of going on chain is what I call it adding to the case. And, and by that, I mean the case of actually, you know, collecting whatever the collection is if they're on chain because it supports the provenance. I think it really helps in our case because inscriptions oh, are, yeah. are not really a thing on Solana yet. Um, there's only a couple of collections. They're all very small that are inscribed. I, I don't believe there's any 10K PFP at the time of recording this anyway uh, on Solana that's on chain or inscribed. So um, it's going to help you know, strengthen the provenance case and the collector case to, to be on chain. And I think it's the most appropriate, to be honest. Think that if you're really a crypto project, long term, I don't see any reason not to eventually go on chain or inscribe because that's kind of your statement to say, like, we're really locking in the benefit of the blockchain here for this project to cement, you know, the asset into the chain. If you're just IPFSing and pointing it in, in different directions, you know, you, you it, it just doesn't feel as solid. Uh, and it doesn't feel as you know forever in 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 a way. So definitely on our radar and something we'll we'll for sure get to. As a holder, I love to hear that. It's uh you know you said it perfect. To be completely honest with you, clip that, put that as a YouTube short or something, Joe. That's uh <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, Dollar. You you mentioned you know you like to keep things non roadmap is there anything in the nft world today that uh you like in terms of um benefits utility i know we don't like that word but kind of like you know we like what they're doing there and that's something that we might think about you know well here's what i'll say i think that the the, the reality is there's more than one playbook and i think that's important to recognize right so like there's the gaming and then there is like some genuine utility projects that I love. Like if we like famous foxes on Solana, I, I, I've known those guys for a couple of years. I think they're extremely talented and they're net positive for the ecosystem. So that's a valuable utility project. And then you've got like, you know, pudgy penguins, even Azuki who are making like a really strong brand play. Um, and their IP play is different to our IP play, but like they're doing their own playbook. So I, I think that like, People need to recognize there's room for more than one approach. And, and that's why it's important, I think, to have a spread basket. It's like, okay, these guys are like pure utility. This is gaming. This is like a, a, a retail IP, you know, and this is more like the, uh, you know, trad art type of style, um, you know, punk undead approach. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of playbooks to, to, to follow. And uh, we have sort of picked a lane that's a little bit more pure and simple. Um, and I think that ages well for, for collectors um, in our space. But... Um, you know, do I see ours? Uh, look, we want to do a lot of print. Um, and uh, I know that punks kind of did that with Avant first. Um, so I think mm -hmm. a lot of what you're seeing with these sort of uh, trad art integrations is something that we want to uh, like focus on pretty heavily. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the last question I have for you is I'm a huge fan of the project. I'm a holder. So, you know, obviously I'm a big fan, but kind of had it on my radar from the beginning. But you built this in like the Solana dog days and you launched it at a perfect time. You brought all these ETH maxis over to Solana. Has this surpassed your expectations overall? Did you see it coming to fruition as, as well as it has? 
You know, look, my, my goal was to, I think I put a tweet out about this, was to, you know, create a PFP that everybody loves to, to collect and use and to have a, a brand that everybody recognizes. Because to me, this was the formula of, like, when I said I want to bring energy and potential back to Solana, if I do those two things, I knew it would probably be pretty successful, right, collectively. So, um, look, I'm, I'm happy um, with, with, with how things went overall. There was a little bit of a hiccup, obviously, with our initial airdrop and, you know, little bits and pieces. But, you know, we corrected it and, and did what we had to do. I think now we're consolidating with a great group of uh, people and collectors. Um, and so I'm really happy with where we're at. I'm, I'm happy with um, how much attention we could bring to Solana, you know, especially through the Mint. Um, and I feel like we're in a, in a great place to, to do what we got to do and execute um, some important things over the next year to really solidify Undeads where I want it to, to, to land. Awesome. Yeah, super, super pumped for what you've built and excited to see what you're going to be building in the future. Um, it definitely seems like this is one of the top projects out there, especially on the Solana blockchain and the PFP slap. What can I say? Uh, they look great on in Twitter. They look great on Discord. Um, big fan of that blue background. Not gonna lie. So <laughs> maybe you'll keep that intact. It uh, they, it just looks good. But Dollar, I'll give you a chance to kind of give a shout out to any links, or if you want anybody to find you, maybe you don't. Um, <laughs> I'll definitely put the links to the project below uh, below the video. But I uh, just wanted to give you a moment to give a shout out. Yeah, I appreciate that. Look, uh, look, I don't have anything specific to, to mention. I think, uh, you know, I really appreciate everybody who comes to the project um, and, and really has a think about what, you know, we're doing and, um, you know, just enjoys it for what it is. Like we, we've got some things to, to deliver over the next year um, and we want to do a great job in building out the infrastructure and the platform. But at the end of the day, what we want to do is put out one of Solana's best uh, PFPs. And I think we're really contending on that. And so um, if you've got any exposure to NFTs on Solana, if you want to have exposure uh, to NFTs on Solana, I think Crypto Undeads is a, is a great entrance to that. And there's a lot um, coming that will, will support us in, in doing that long term. So um, outside of that, very, very thankful to both of you for having me on and also being collectors of the project and, uh, and seeing where we take this over the next little while. Awesome. Thanks, my man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thank you very much. Cheers.